What's up, everybody? I want to first say top of the evening to you, Michael, on this St. Patrick's Day. Ireland here, represent. Represent, baby. Um, fun day, a fun day in the NFL. Mike, I mean, this is the time of year where you're not playing games, so you can't be emotionally hurt by losses. Everything just feels good for fans. You know, you get players added to your team. You have hope. You're thinking about possibilities. You're filling holes on the squad. Especially here with Gangrene, which we're going to get into in a second, guys. I mean, Joe Douglas once again uh, showing us that his acumen when it comes to surveying these free agents and being smart with his money is at a high level. I think he did a really good job with the money and the guys he signed. We're going to get into, we're going to get into every single one of these Jets signings in a moment, guys. Um, break them all down for you and break down all the guys that we brought back. Maybe talk about some of these guys that are still out there we're looking at uh, moving forward, get into maybe the draft approach after this free agency. I want to talk real quick, big picture here, Mike. And in the NFL, a lot of the top free agents off the board now. Um, a few guys still out there. By now, as you guys hear this show, it's Friday morning. So a lot of these guys are gone. Devontae Adams just got a contract that is just staggering, Michael. Yeah. And I didn't know the specifics of the money until you mentioned to me a moment ago. I know he was someone that you were hoping the Jets would throw a lot of money at. Would you have thrown that amount of money at Devontae Adams? I think it's $141 million, five years to the Raiders, 30 years old. We're going to get into all these Jet guys in a moment, Mike. I just want to real quick get your thoughts on that because I know that's somebody you really liked a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that investing in a guy like Devontae Adams, even at that price, with the New York Jets, if they were able to get him, um, was beneficial. And it was beneficial because it was helping our one Zach Wilson uh, get to the next level. And that it would have been an investment in Zach Wilson. It's not like we would have done that to try to win a Super Bowl. It's not like we would have done that really to, you know, put our footprint on the NFL and say, hey, we're here. We would have done it so that um, our quarterback has the best weapon possible and we know we're going to ride or die, live or die with one Zach Wilson and how he does uh, as our quarterback. So um, good for the Raiders. Uh, I think this is going to definitely help them be very competitive in that competitive AFC West. Do I think that it's going to take them to the Super Bowl championship? I mean, look, I didn't see the Cincinnati Bengals getting there. It definitely will help them in the long run, but uh, I still have teams I think are ranked ahead of them, even with Devontae Adams and, you know, uh, moves like this. I understand the aggressive nature by some of these GMs because they feel threatened 
by a lot of the actions within their division and within their conference. But, you know, moves like this with 30, 30 year old on the other side of 30 contracts in the end, they're not good for your franchise. So Von Miller over there in the, on the bills, you know, Devonte Adams with the Raiders. If you guys don't win in the next year or two, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a lot of luck. cake. A lot of money Von Miller got as well over here to the Bills. Very surprised he went up there to the Hill people. I didn't see that one coming. Still has a lot of gas up in the tank. We know our boy Marcus Williams went out to, oh, something with the Ravens, $72 million. I know we kicked the tires on him. We were speaking with him. Uh, maybe that wasn't realistic monetarily for us. We went a different direction of safety, which we're going to get into in a second here. Uh, J.C. Jackson, another guy, went to the Chargers that we were talking about. Michael, big-time money for him, $82 million total. Gilmore is still out there. But forget about all these other free agents for all these other teams. Let's get into the New York Jets and what Joe Douglas was able to do here, Mike. Because he had a mantra and an approach, at least in theory a few years ago, which me and you supported, most Jets fans did, which was let's build through the line. And more specifically, the offensive line. And if you look at the offensive line they had, say, at the end of the 2019 season, it was atrocious, to, to say the least, Michael. Uh, they invested a draft pick in Mekhi Becton. Gave us a little improvement there. They invested a, dra a draft invested a draft pick in Elijah Vera Tucker. Gave us some improvement there. Okay, George Fonts, very under-the-radar signing before the 2020 season. They gave him $9 million. A lot of people scoffed at that. I was a little, I was a little interested why they gave him so much money became an elite, at least played at an elite level last year on the line, okay? Now they go out and they grab Lake and Tomlinson and have a fourth piece, a fourth dynamic piece to the offensive line to go with Connor McGovern at center. Probably give us our best offensive line since 2010. You've heard many people say that, but I'm going to agree with it because if you look at what we have here, at least, Mike, um, there doesn't seem to be a glaring weak spot on the offensive line. Our biggest hole coming into free agency that we pointed to, along with others, was cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line, specifically right guard. And in, what they got here in Tomlinson is not just another right guard. Now, Brandon Scherf was the biggest name. We were hoping we go after him. I don't know if they put a call on or not. Tomlinson's slightly younger, but played at an even higher level last year. He made the Pro Bowl last year, Mike. In 113 games in the NFL, this guy's played 112 of them. The model of consistency out there. Okay, when running like Tomlinson, um, the money they gave him is not too crazy. I think that when we were talking about where they should go with the money, if they look at one specific position group, we were talking corner, which they did fill a spot. But I have no problem with them throwing the most money here at an offensive lineman and filling this line out and just giving Zach the best possible chance to succeed next year in the Jets offense. Yeah, it was a position of need. Joe Douglas went and filled it. Not only was it a position of need, but... Um, it also was a position where uh, it impacts one of our most important positions, which is the quarterback. And um, and he, not only is he a scheme fit, but he also has rapport and an understanding of who Robert Sala is and the coaching staff because he worked with the San Francisco coaching staff when Robert Sala was there. So um, excellent, excellent signing. There's a few things that if you wanna get technical uh, and try to hit this signing and say, well, he's never played, he's only played 65 snaps at right guard in the NFL. Now, when he was in college, he played right guard. So um, he has been able to do that. I have a different, and I'm, you know, what I'll say here is something I have not heard anybody say I was just thinking it in my head um, and it's kind of sacrilegious, but if you really think about it, don't think it's out of the woods. He might actually play left guard. 
and our AVT could be moved to right. And I'm yeah. going to tell you guys why I'm going to think that. He is a Pro Bowl left guard. AVT is not a Pro Bowl left guard. He's becoming one, but he's not. He So Tomlinson is better at that position right now. And you take, you know, we were talking about chemistry, right? And you take George Fant and you take Tomlinson and you put them on the left side, right? And you have Makai Becton and you have AVT on the right side. Yep. Now, they are on the right side. They would have to work together on the right side, but they would be essentially working together with McGovern. And then when time comes along and Fant leaves, Makai slides to left and Tomlinson leaves and AVT slides to left and then they get their replacements. You know, you try to keep that continuity. Now, I have not heard that from anybody, but don't be surprised that they end up doing something like that because they're going to look to figure out what is the best protection for Zach Wilson. And if that means we have a Pro Bowl left guard and we're going to keep him at the left guard and move the yeah. to the right, then that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's out of the question. I know AVT has the versatility. I mean, I guess it's probably a good problem to have considering that just two seasons ago, we couldn't identify one good offensive lineman, Mike. And now we're sitting here talking about, well, we have two guys that can maybe play left guard or right guard. We have one guy that played left tackle great last year, and we have a left tackle coming back. So we're not in these scenarios very often here when it comes to flexibility on the offensive line. Three years, $40 million here for Tomlinson, $27 million guaranteed. Like Mike said, Pro Bowl last year. He was a first-round pick in 2015. Number two guard on pro football focus, guys, after Sheriff. And he was 13th out of 82 guards last year on PFF also when the season ended. Like Mike said, he basically has blocked in a zone-heavy scheme most of his career here. That's what we're going to be doing here in New York. So it fits in perfectly, like Mike said. Huge addition. To the squad. If you're talking Becton, Font, McGovern, Tomlinson, and AVT, that's solid. That's as solid as it gets, Mike, and I'm very excited about that, especially helping the running game out a little bit. Another big hole we had, Mike, and the second big free agent we brought to the fold here was DJ Reed. Now, this might not be someone that is a household name when it comes to cornerbacks, but when you talk to NFL people or you when they signed this, when they signed Reed, and you look at what experts had to say about the signing, especially the value they got with the contract. I mean, this is one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. He played great last year. Eighth-ranked corner on PFF last season. Now, J.C. Jackson got the biggest money mic in free agency. He was the number one corner on most charts, on PFF, on most boards. He graded out last year on PFF at a 78.9. Our boy DJ Reed graded out at a 78.6. So basically played at an equal level to a J.C. Jackson last year. Only 25 years old. He's only earned, he's only earned $3 million his whole career up to this point. So this contract with the Jets for him is a big deal. When you got into it, Mike, when you look at the tape, when you look at what people say about him, I know he's five foot nine. So that kind of jumps off, right, Mike? Maybe a little undersized, not maybe your prototypical, especially for Seattle, not the prototypical cornerback they have out there, but it shows you how good he is. The fact of where he was drafted, I think it was a fourth or fifth round pick originally, was able to move his way up the ranks here, become a big time player out there with Seattle. If you look at the blogs today, if you look at the blogs and Seattle fans, they're upset right now. Oh, they're pissed. They're, Mike, love, they're upset. Dude. They love this guy. And Jamal Adams, they don't love. He's on the squad. Okay, we got all your picks. We gave you Jamal, and then we just took your best corner. I mean, it just feels great what Joe D's out here doing, Michael. Um, what do you think when it comes to the scheme that we run here? I know he's an elite run defender also. Also very good when it comes to man coverage, but I know in zone is basically where he excels. Another guy that when it comes to what we do on defense, a perfect scheme fit, Mike. 
perfect scheme fit. And again, this defense does not need Darrell Revis elite cornerbacks. It needs guys that are going to be able to play zone who are going to be able to stop the run and at times can play man. I know we played a little bit more man last year than we did in pre uh, than what we thought, but he, I think he's a really great compliment to a guy like Hall. Hall is much taller, longer, different type of cornerback. So I think they complement each other well. Um, Reed, I love Reed. Let me let me tell you why. I just when I learned about his story, um, he was drafted in the fifth round by the San Francisco 49ers. And guess who was on the San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> Robert Sala. And when he first started, um, he had some issues, uh, you know, when on the field, you know, uh, really covering some positions uh, out there. And uh, they made some adjustments. He got better. His second year was a little bit down, but then his third year, you know, he was really coming into his own, you know, in camp and he ended up getting hurt. Okay. And so it was a non-football, it was a injury that happened to him and it was not football uh, related, I believe it was, but he was out for a couple of weeks. Okay. And this was, I heard this in the can't wait podcast. Uh, Connor Hughes was explaining his story. So this was the year of COVID. Okay. So San Francisco said, you know what? He's not going to be back to like week six. Let's cut him and stash him on the on the practice squad. Okay. Yep. So the, they cut him. I think it was like August fourth or something like that. Son, the next day, Seattle gripped him. They tried to stash. Seattle gripped hard. Wow, son stole knew. him from the 49ers, and they were just tight. So he goes to he goes to Seattle. And within the first week, he, he started playing mid-season, did really well 2020, and then 2021, he just took off and was one of the best cornerbacks, really, in the sport um, at, at, in doing what he was doing. So Salah already knew what this guy is, okay? He knew, he he was part of the recruiting. So it's like, it. that's why I love You have Keith. to love I that. love this. Like, that type of synergy between our coach and our GM and a player like this, DJ Reed is 25 years old. 25. And if He's you 25. look, you know, and I know we, we talk about PFF a lot, but it, it's just a good barometer um, for players to judge them by. And if you do look at PFF, like I said, last year he graded out better than Gilmore. He almost graded out as high as JC Jackson. Carlton Davis, who we spoke about, maybe us taking a look at, graded out way higher than him. Chevarius Ward just got all that money, Mike, graded out higher than him. Nelson from the Eagles graded out higher than him. He's just not a name people know because of his path like you just said if you're a fifth round pick and you kind of backdoor your way into playing at an elite level people don't know about you yet especially right. if you play out the i know seattle talks about their fan bases and that no one knows anything going on in seattle it's a northwest no one cares um you know i know jamal adams kind of kind of brought some headlines there for a while russell wilson but no one knows the players on seattle no one's paying attention to them and this is a guy that kind of flew under the radar um the money here three years 33 million dollars for for our boy reed i think it's a great signing you slide him in now he's our number one corner you have hall and you have beckles battling out for whoever your number two corner is whoever doesn't win that battle now you have some depth there at number three corner you have michael carter the third probably sliding there to the slot along with gidry probably puts us in a good position and doesn't eliminate the chances that we could still draft a corner yeah. i mean if, if, if sauce is there at 10 right and you just signed reed and you grip him up that's a problem for people you know, mm -hmm. then, then then you have Hall 
and Eccles as your depth guys that are out there in nickel packages, that are out there in dime packages. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a Hall has proven to be pretty decent. So, um, not that, you know, maybe so Hall might still start over Sauce. If he's the 10th pick, theoretically, you probably think he would slide in there, but doesn't disclude that. But this, all all accounts on this one and the grades you saw on this pick, especially for the money, Mike, tremendous for the Jets. Huge. And also a place of need on the squad. Yeah. Mike said this once, and you hear really smart people in the know in the NFL repeat this mantra all the time. In the NFL draft, the best teams, the best drafters, the smartest people, the most pragmatic approach is to not just draft to need. You draft the best players you can for your team. Free agency is a different story. Free agency, you're trying to fill needs specifically. You have a guard you need to get. You go try to sign a guard. You need a corner. You, you try to bring corners in. Another place we had a big old hole, safety. Now, we didn't know if we are going to bring back Marcus May. We kicked the tires on Marcus Williams. We all talked about how much we wanted him. Wanted him, Mike. A guy we didn't get too much into when we did our preview show at safety was a Jordan Whitehead, who we did end up signing here from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, one of the better defenders on their team last year, Jordan Whitehead. Another guy that's maybe an under-the-radar guy. Another guy that's not that old, Michael. We got him at a good age here. Um, the contract for Whitehead, two years, $14 million, so they didn't break the bank. Out in Tampa Bay, they have Antoine Winfield. They just drafted a couple years ago. Um, they have Mike Edwards. They drafted the year before that. So the odd man out in the equation, when you have three good safeties, is the guy who's usually the lowest draft pick, unless he's playing at a super elite level. Those guys are all, I guess, comparable. Even though if you look at PFF, he graded out much higher than those guys. But Whitehead's 24 years old, Mike. Okay, you're talking about a big-time hitter in the secondary. You're going to help the run game out. Um, a guy, like, you know, when we had Jamal Adams, he helped the run game. He got after the quarterback. Maybe his coverage wasn't as good. Jordan Whitehead is, no, I'm not saying he's similar in that vein. His coverage is decent. But more of a guy that's going to be that box safety to help you in the run game. We were last in the league last year, Mike, against the run. So there's a lot of ways this helps us. We bring a real starter in. Okay, he helps with the run. Fills a huge hole. We're going to have LaMarcus Joyner back. Everybody in the planet forgot about him because he got injured week one last year. Was supposed to be a starting safety for us. So if you have Ashton Davis... And you have Joyner back playing, who's, who's a, a, an NFL-level safety. And you have Jordan Whitehead in the secondary there in safety as well, Mike. Another time, it seems like Joe Douglas targeted a position we need, right? Targeted a position of need. Tried to get Marcus Williams and go big. Couldn't get it, so he readjusted. Brought a value guy in who's going to help us big time and also help us improve in the secondary, but didn't break the bank. Uh, you know, the Bucks 2020 championship roster look at it and you see all these superstars all over the defense you know offense Brady and um guys like guys like him Whitehead they were just like he was uh, he was like uh on the Bulls um Ron Harper right like Ron Harper. You, got, you know what I'm saying like <laughs> like you got Jordan and yeah. Pippen and you know yeah. what I'm saying Dennis Rodman and then you had like the other guys you know and uh he he it didn't mean that he wasn't good he just was not one of the stars and um i couldn't believe that that you know marcus williams i know a lot of us wanted him i wanted him there's no question yeah. but joe douglas doesn't mess around if you're not going to sign to the number that he has you valued he, he's going to move on and that's just how he is look look that's just what this general manager does and he pivoted to whitehead and to be honest with you it's a downgrade, if you want to call it a downgrade, but not not too much of one. I mean, this guy is young. His his contract was definitely team-friendly, and he signed with the New York Jets because he wanted to play for Robert Sala. 
You're starting to, that? you're seeing the value. Again, you think to our, our guard that just signed for 49ers, you don't think Salah had something to do with that? So when I start seeing guys looking to sign with the Jets, when I see guys like Braxton Berrios who were in and part of the Jets and come back and resign when he could have had other opportunities elsewhere, that is a good sign to me. And I'm very excited now to have Whitehead along with um, Ashton Davis, who hasn't really lived up to what we expected him to be. And then we just re-signed who, the uh, safety that got hurt. What was his name? LaMarcus Joyner. LaMarcus Joyner, sorry. And LaMarcus Joyner, you know, before, we talked about this before, before he was a Ram uh, and he was playing free safety, he was playing at a very high level. For some reason, they kept him in that corner slot, corner spot over on the Rams. And, you know, that really wasn't the best for him. Now he did get hurt last year. So, you know, I think that from a secondary perspective, we have filled gaps and we could be flexible. And that's what Joe Douglas wanted to do. He wants to go into the draft like you just said, and he wants to be able to draft the best players. And he doesn't want to have to be like, oh my goodness, I have such a large hole. I don't want to take this player, but I have to because we don't have anybody. He wants to just take the best players. And this was great. Yeah, I agree completely, man. I think especially for the money they got him at. He's. I love to go and see the reactions of other fan bases when we sign somebody just to kind of see if he's a fan favorite or not. Is it someone the fans are behind? Do they not care? Tampa Bay fans and even some of the writers down there in Tampa Bay were a little confused that they let Whitehead go. Kind of a head scratcher, especially for the money the Jets signed him for. It did not seem like a lot of money. So, um, I mean, I, another great signing by Joe Douglas. And like Michael said, Reed and Whitehead are two ascendant players who just came off their best seasons, right? And this type of guy Joe Douglas likes to invest in. Someone who maybe two or three years from now could be an elite player, but you're signing them right now before they're at that level, before their stock is at that level. Um, like we said, 24 years old, five interceptions in his career, a big-time hitter. Extra Henry, I'm sure, is going to be still because it's a Pittsburgh guy, so another guy from Pittsburgh had come to the Jets here, Michael. And another hole filled in the secondary. Another spot that we know we had a big hole at. Another spot that me and you hoped we'd focus on, maybe grab one of these big-time tight ends. We know the top three tight ends got franchise tagged. You and I were talking about Ingram. I'm talking about a few other guys here, Mike. Definitely filled the whole tight end. They didn't do it with one guy. They did it with two guys. Now, I know CJ Uzma from the Bengals and Tyler Conklin from the Vikings. Those are not the Gazekis or the Schultz or the Njokus. I get that. They might not have even the name value as an Engram who was drafted that high. But I will tell you that last year, Jets tight end, all the tight ends, regardless of who they played there, Griffin, Croft, when they had the Yaboa in there, 50 catches for 530 yards on the season from our tight end group. Uzma and Conklin combined last year, 110 catches, 1,086 yards, eight touchdowns. So we're going to get into both of these guys real quick, but just the focus on the position, it's another shrewd move by our boy Joe Douglas here because we know playmakers is the issue. And it's looking like at least the first wave of free agency. There's a second wave coming. We might go after some of these receivers, but in the first wave, these tight ends are going off the market pretty quick. For whatever reason, guys are getting scooped up. Mike, they're getting franchise tagged. So even a guy like an Uzmo or a guy like a Conklin, who are kind of like the, the second-tier tight ends, if you look at the production they're going to provide and give Zach, being able to give him some more options, do some of those seam routes, um, I'm stoked with both the signings. 
Mike, and just two more weapons to add to the squadron. If they go into this draft and come away with a big-time receiver in the draft, and they add these two tight ends, and they have Elijah Moore coming back healthy and Corey Davis, you brought Barrios back into the fold. I mean, all of a sudden, you, you step back with Zach, and you look at the line we're going to have. You look at these two tight ends we're going to have, and we'll get into Uzma right now. I mean, Mike, it's tough when you're a Jet fan to get excited about the offense because it's been forever since we've been humming. But at least on paper, it does look like they are headed in the right direction here. It does. I mean, Uzma, here, Uzama here, here's the, the thing with him. He played for a young quarterback who wanted and needed to have safety valve help when his receivers were covered. And you saw at the second half of the season, Uzama step up in a big way. I know he got injured there, but before he was injured and then, you know, uh, some in the Super Bowl, you could see that he did a decent job uh, being that safety valve for one Joe Burrow. And uh, if you look at his catch percentage, he caught 80 percent of all the balls thrown to him. And not only that, his yards per target was about eight yards per target, which is the best if, and one that was top in his career for this year. So. Um, I was really excited to to bring him along um, because we have no depth at tight end. But not only am I excited from a value perspective on the field, off the field, this guy is. Have you have you heard this dude in the locker room? I mean, this is great, you know, having a guy like this uh, in the locker room and helping out. So I thought it was a phenomenal signing. I, you, he he is just came off of an AFC uh, Super Bowl appearance. So he understands what it takes, you know, to get pushed through those playoffs. And I think he's going to be an incredible asset for Zach Wilson. Contract three years, $24 million for Uzama, $15 million, $15 million guaranteed for him. Solid blocker. We know he's injured 2020, came back last year, had the most targets of his career, the biggest seasons of his career, 493 yards. He had five touchdowns. Um, those are both career highs. Like Mike said, when it came to the playoffs, um, you look at that game versus you look at that game versus the Raiders, six catches, 64 yards on the touchdown in the playoffs. Eight, um, seven catches, 71 yards for Tennessee the next week. So came a big when it mattered the most. Not someone that throughout his career had a ton of targets, but you see when he did, he made the most of them. See, 63 targets in 2021 for perspective of Travis Kelsey, the high-end tight ends get 120 targets, right? So project that up to like 100 targets, say, for Uzama. And he's someone that could get you seven, 800 yards. You don't know. But you know he's a leader, high-character guy. Um, I was, I'm, I'm really stoked they grabbed him, Michael, and I do think it's a, it's a, obviously a place that we had a hole, obviously a place we needed any sort of weapon. Going back to Dustin Keller, as we repeated a million times, kind of the last time we had any weapon, Chris Herndon's rookie year, um, I think that was 2018, was the last time the Jets had a tight end actually even get over 500 yards in a season, Michael, which is atrocious. I think a surprise signing, though, after Uzama, okay, now... They filled the hole. They went out and grabbed him. We were stoked about it. But they went ahead the next day and brought in Tyler Conklin, who maybe isn't as well-known as Uzama. I know last year was kind of the first year he burst onto the scene. And one of the reasons why he was able to burst on the scene, Jet fans, you're going to love this. Okay, If you don't know, Tyler Conklin last year was the tight end for the Vikings. Before the year started, Irv Smith Jr. got hurt, their tight end. We know they were scrambling. They had released Kyle. They released um, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. Irv Smith gets hurt. They traded for Chris Herndon. Sack of garbage from the New York Jets. They gave us a fourth-round pick, guys, for Chris Herndon. And after that, what happens? Chris Herndon goes to, to Minnesota. They give him a shot. They realize what we already knew. 
Chris Herndon stinks and is not good at football. And that opened the door for one Tyler Conklin to get some reps, become the starter, and ball out like he did last season. Chris Herndon and Conklin were drafted in the same draft. Conklin was taken later on. And he ended up being the better tight end. And we ended up taking him. And they don't. And Chris Herndon was cut. So the Vikings have nothing. And we got their draft pick and their player. Yep. Joe Douglas just could. I mean, he just died right now. I mean, Mike. I feel bad if for you're the a Viking, If you're a Viking fan or a Seattle fan, or Panthers, or Panthers, in your head, you're like, man, the Jets are fleecing us. Is that is that what's happening right now? You know, it's like the guy on the corner who's playing a shell game, just like Jeed Warren Buffett for 100 bucks, Mike. You know, it's like no one would think it could happen, but the Jets are out here doing it. We're out here doing it, Mike. One stat I want to throw at you, Michael, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just I want to get this out before I forget it, that Jet fans will like. 593 yards last year for Tyler Conklin, 327 yards after the catch. Wow. So percentage-wise, for the amount of yards he had, that's like a Travis Kelsey level of yards after the catch per catch. That's beast mode. That's more than five yards after the catch. That's a that's a that's a high level number for a tight end. Just something to keep in mind because he's not as big as Uzama. Uzama might be slightly more athletic, but Conklin is a dog, and that is a hard guy to bring down. I foresee much younger too. Conklin's only 26 years old. This could be our tight end for years to come. Uzama's uh, 29 years old. Next year, he'll be 30. Tight ends can play a long time, don't get me wrong. Right. But I do think Tyler Conklin could be the answer for us. I, I, I loved him as a player last year on the Vikings. was a big fan. I just watched that situation develop just because of Chris Herndon. And then when Tyler Conklin was starting over him, someone I had never heard, I kept an eye on him, and he played well all season, Michael. Um, another time, it just seems like Joe D, like you said, man, he's out here doing, doing it to these teams, doing a great job filling holes, giving us a variety of weapons. Do you have something else you want to say about Conklin, Mike? No, I just want to say that uh, at this point, I'm questioning, because uh, I was very hard on looking at McBride and some others in the draft. We're going to talk potential draft implications, but now I kind of feel like, I don't know. You know, uh, we'll have to take a look at things. But I feel like uh, at tight end, there was some significant increase in value. And I'm happy to see it. And both these guys, especially like you said, Conklin, from a long-term perspective, may be uh, someone that's with us for, for a couple for years to come. Yeah, he's got all the intangibles of a fan favorite. He's got the, the style of play, which everyone loves, like that Jeremy Shockey style of play. He's got the wild hair. He's got the great personality. So we'll see how it shakes out with Conklin. And he's got the story, Mike, that everybody loves. The guy that wasn't drafted high, that kind of came up and worked hard to get to where he's at. New York loves a blue-collar story like that. So I think he's going to be someone Jet fans like a lot. Let's get into this last free agent that we grabbed up. Now, we brought back a bunch of free agents, too, that were already on the Jets. We're going to just hit you guys with those in a moment. But the free agent um, that was not on the Jets last year, Jake Martin, played for the Texans. Another ascendant player here, Mike. Maybe not a player... Um, Kind of like a DJ Reed, not a player that's a household name, not a guy that's put up some gaudy stats, but this was a depth signing. Robert Sala doesn't like to play his defensive lineman every snap of every game. You know, we know, Mike, he likes to rotate these guys in and out. Um, so you'll see Rankin, you'll see Jake Martin. He's a guy that's been able to get a few sacks here and there every single year he's been in the league. Um, four sacks last year, 38 pressures, high upside for him. He's going to be a rotational piece, but another guy it just seems like he's going to a plug-in guy for the defensive line. We're not going to get too much into it. 6'2", 242. Maybe you roll the dice on a mic and you get something here with a guy like Jake Martin. Um, it just seems like Robert Salah. A guy like this makes me think Robert Salah 
does have the ear of our general manager because the GM's just given him the pieces and the type of players that fit his scheme and that he wants, Mike. Yeah, that's right. And they were in on Chandler Jones to see what was good. I didn't think they were going to actually do it because Chandler Jones was going to just command too much money. Obviously, the Raiders went and spent on him trying to win a Super Bowl. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so they pivoted. Uh, I think that Again, this is depth. This goes into what Robert Sala is trying to run uh, and Ulbrich. And I think that they're not done addressing Edge. We'll get into that later. I'm excited about that. Um, but yes, I, 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 if, if Robert Sala believes that this guy is going to be uh, a tool for the defense and will fit in with that defensive line, uh, I'm all about it. Yeah, and you know who else? decided on his honeymoon michael to drop us a line even though sammy's out there celebrating his honeymoon with his lovely bride he can't stop thinking about the jets live from the beaches of key west here's cousin sammy with what's a up free jet nation right coming to you live from key west just giving you some thoughts on jets free agency this week it's been a wild one i love the way joe douglas has been spending he's not shelling out for some of these older vets um He's gotten guys who I think have a tremendous amount of upside, like C.J. Ward. Um, recently, they just signed that defensive end from Houston, who again had his coming off his best season ever. He's recorded three sacks every single year of his career. So that's a guy who shows a lot of potential. They shored up tight end. Um, they added Lakin Tomlinson, who I think is a tremendous pickup. And what that does is gives us so much flexibility in this upcoming draft. It's going to allow us to really either take the best player available or really shore up some of those secondary positions. I mean, the addition of Whitehead, that guy's a monster. I know we lost Marcus May and he's a crowd favorite, but when you add a guy like that, I think you get more value there um, in terms of his success on the field over the past few years. Um, so I love what they're doing. I love what Joe Douglas is doing. I'd like to see him go out and get a wide receiver, but again, now with all that draft capital, you've really set yourself up here if you're the Jets and if you're Jet fans, you're loving this because there's a lot of opportunity coming ahead in that draft. So stay tuned. If you're listening to the show, guys, and not watching on YouTube, it might have sounded like Sammy was on the New Jersey Turnpike because it did sound like there was a car in the back. I promise you he's in Key West, okay? Unless he's put, unless he got a green screen going on, he's playing me completely. Let's get into some of these free agents that they're bringing back, Michael. Um, the, the highlight, number one free agent everyone was hoping we'd bring back into the fold, I think, was Braxton Berrios. I don't think Jameson Crowder really was an option for us, but Berrios... Fans love him. He brought a lot to the team last year. At the end of the year, they actually utilized him within the offense. Two years, $12 million, $7 million guaranteed, Michael. Um, I think we thought this was going to happen last week. We were saying Braxton Berrios seems like it's going to be a done deal. He was just going out, checking some other teams, seeing what the story was. The guy's an NBA. He's a very smart businessman, so he's kicking the tires around the league. But they brought back Berrios, Michael. Is that someone you were anticipating them bringing back? And are you happy he's going to be part of the team next year? Yeah, you know, we heard that most likely, uh, you know, he was going to end up going to be staying with the team. And, um, you know, like I said, he went and looked to see if there was anybody crazy that was going to give them Christian Kirk type money. I mean, <laughs> but well, uh, we didn't, did we not? And we'll, first of all, welcome to the show, Wookie. All right. Sorry, guys. No, that's all right. So much crap happened within that 145, 50 minute period there. Wookie, it, hap it happens, uh, to the, happens to the best of us. Thank you for joining the show. We appreciate it, Wookie. Before we move on here, Wookie, we're going through some of the free agents the Jets have brought back to the team. 
you saw that Christian Kirk contract as well, did you not, Wook? Yes. Now, I'm, I'm left wondering, and I'm going to let Michael take this over because Mike was just flabbergasted when he saw this as well. Christian Kirk's average per year right now is up there with the top receivers in the NFL. Jaguars are out here signing dudes left and right. They signed Foley Fatukasi from the Jets. They signed Ola Kuhn. They signed Engram. They had plenty of money, guys. But that contract for Kirk, it made almost no sense. I mean, I have no idea what they were doing. There's better free agent wide receivers out there, I would think. Mike, when you saw the amount of money Christian Kirk got, what were you thinking? I mean, I think that the Jaguars are just desperate because they're trying to get everything that they can around their young quarterback. Um, You know, the quarterback was put in a really bad situation last year. He underperformed. I mean, he played as well or worse than Zach Wilson in in many different areas. I mean, I think he went like eight or nine games without a touchdown. It was insane. I I think he's going to get better, you know, uh, uh, but they're trying to make sure that, you know, he's able to reach his potential. So I look at what the Jaguars did and I see a franchise that just isn't well run because a lot of those contracts follow Foley Fatukasi. I love who Foley Fatukasi, but I'm not paying him $11 million a year for three. I'm not, I'm not giving him that contract. Okay. Um, you know, you look at their, what, who they picked, they picked up Evan Ingram. Okay. Understood. But is there anybody on that team that's going to really scare you right now? I mean, you know, you go look at the look at what they've done for Justin Herbert. Do the Jaguars have what Justin Herbert has? No. And they've invested a whole lot of money in something that may not elevate their team high enough. And it could backfire uh, just like the way the Browns did with uh, Baker Mayfield. So I don't know uh, what they were thinking, giving Kirk that amount of money. <laughs> it really messes up that the moment that happened, I knew the Jets weren't going to get Allen Robinson. And messes the whole market up. Messes the entire market up. I mean, OBJ is still out there now tweeting and pissed off because, you know, all these players are getting these huge contracts and, and he was supposed to go back to the Rams. He's not going back to the Rams. Uh, he would have too. The way he played at the end of the year and the way he was playing the Super Bowl, if he just finished that game out healthy, he was set for a massive payday ODB. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate how it works out. I know with Kirk here, he's four years into the league. He's coming off his best season. We know how that works. We did a similar signing last year with Corey Davis, who had played four seasons, never had a thousand yards, coming off his best year. But the Jets didn't give him $72 million. I mean, the only players right now that got bigger contracts than Christian Kirk is Marcus Williams, it's Von Miller, and it's Devontae Adams, you know? That's like Crazy. that's some wow. that's some interesting uh, company to be in. But getting back to the Jets here, Michael, and the guys they brought back, like we said, Berrios is back in the fold here. Right. Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, maybe an under-the-radar under player. You and I have talked about it a lot, but somebody last year that when he had to play and played for Carter gave you the same exact production as Michael Carter. He's a little bit faster than Michael Carter also. He got up to 23 miles per hour on one of those runs last year. So when Tevin Coleman is healthy, he's always been a good running back. And last year, with the type of offense we run, has proven to be very good. I'm happy they brought him back. We're bringing back LaMarcus Joyner, like Mike mentioned, signing him back on a one-year deal. Elijah Riley's coming back, guys. These are all guys that we mentioned were potential depth signings for the Jets. We thought they might bring back a Nathan Shepard or a McDermott just for the line for depth. They, they did bring them both back. And then there, when it comes to quarterback, it was Mike White, Joe Flacco. No surprise there, Michael. So those Feeny, are all... Feeney. Feeney also. Those are kind of all the in-house free agents that they brought back. I think the biggest names is probably Berrios and Coleman. But a guy that maybe um, people forgot about that was supposed to be a safety for us all season last year was LaMarcus Joyner. Got hurt in the first game of the year. So like we mentioned earlier, LaMarcus Joyner is coming back here to start at safety. 
Yeah. Hey, then we're going to have Whitehead and we have Ashton Davis. So we put ourselves in a decent spot at safety. We gave ourselves a little bit of, um, you know, some versatility here when it comes to the cornerback position. We may not have to draft one at the top of the draft now, but they can still go that way if they want. Um, Marcus May. We know went ahead and signed with the Saints. Sucks to lose him. And the reason why is he's someone that when he was here the whole time did it the right way. I think the injury last year kind of hurt him and hurt his stock or else that maybe the Jets would have been more interested in bringing him back. Got some decent money from the Saints. So, so um, good career here with the Jets. A player I always liked a lot. Someone that always did it the right way. Michael was Marcus May. Um, Moses went ahead and signed with Baltimore. Only here for one season. Uh, we know he's not going to have really a spot on the line next year when Becton comes back. And then you mentioned Fatu Kasi. We lost him to the Jaguars. The money they gave him, if you look at the money that Quinnen makes right now, and they may potentially have to give Quinnen, Mike, his contract. You look at what they pay JFM right now, which is, I think, about 10 or $11 million. Um, you don't know who they're going to draft at number four. They couldn't sign Fatu Kasi to what the Jaguars gave him. So, I mean, I agree with you, Mike. Fatu Kasi is a great run stuffer. I don't think we have a... a a player that can replace him on the team right now when it comes to stopping the run. But that said, as good a run stopper as he was, where were we ranked last year when it comes to stopping the run, Mike? Right. I, 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 yeah, yeah. We so were, I, did, I know and, a lot of Jet fans they, were bemoaning it, but it's like what he was good at, we still were horrific at even with him there last year. So um, it's not a guy with that money that I, I, I could have saw, I could have seen the Jets bringing him back for $30 million. Look, I, I mentioned before, I like that seventh round pick, Marshall. We're going to see what he's got. And here's the thing, guys. This off this draft is rich with defensive with defensive line talent. Rich. They're going to take two or three talents there. So I really think that, um, you know, we're going to stockpile value in this draft from a, from the defensive line side. Um, regarding running back, I know Coleman um, ended up signing. You know, I you know I was hoping we could potentially get a Roheem Mostert, but he ended up going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, I looked at we looked at J.D. McKissick, and uh, I know that he had signed with the Buffalo Bills, and then uh, I think he was on his way up to Buffalo, and I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think maybe what I think he Google Earthed. Buffalo <laughs> and zoomed in. And he's, like, hold, he's like, hold on a second. Let me reset my iPhone. Did it again because when you zoom in on Buffalo, it looks like you're in Iraq. So there's no yeah. reason anyone would want to go there. Or he Google or he they signed with Buffalo and his wife or someone related to him said, Hold on a second, do you mean Buffalo, New York? <laughs> are you aware? Right. Are you aware right. where that's actually located on the map? He came he, he, he was like, not nah, fuck that. Yeah. I think they got Von Miller, but McKissick did a quick one. He did a quick one. He's like, I'm going back to Washington. Yeah, I mean, Washington, known as the absolute biggest just disaster dumpster fire of an organization, was able to get him to go back. Now, they they were able to correct that they got Von Miller, so kudos to the Bills and the Hill people. But we'll see how long that lasts. That's a lot of money they're spending on Von Miller, like Mike said, for a guy that's uh, up there in age. There's a couple guys to keep an eye on that you might see the Jets bring back as depth guys. Now, Tardif, we brought him with a trade last year. I could see them bringing him back just as a depth guy for the line, Mike. And also Kyle Phillips on the defensive line, I could see them bringing him back. I don't think Crowder's going to be coming back here. I think Croft is going to walk, too. So when it comes to our phrase, that's pretty much the story with them. Now, when it comes to the draft next year, and when it comes to what the Jets have basically done here, um, when you look at the squad, you know, Joe Douglas was saying to all of us, it's going to take a few years, you know, and that's kind of the, 
That's kind of what you hear all the time from these general managers, right, guys? I need a few years. I need a few years. But you look at free agency last year and what they were able to add. They were able to add Corey Davis. They were able to add Carl Lawson, who didn't get to play. Um, they brought in a, a Justin Hardy. They brought in a Sheldon Rankins. Uh, you look at this year. Now, those guys are all going to stick. Some of the free agents they brought in last year are going to go by the wayside. You look at the six free agents they added this year. You look at the, the draft last year with Zach Wilson, with um, Elijah Moore, with Michael Carter, with Eccles, with Elijah Vera Tucker. So you take free agency last year, you take the draft, you take this free agency. That's about 20 players, Mike, they added as opposed to the end of the 2020 season, um, that's 20 players they added that are value players, that are either high free agent signings or, or draft picks that are making an impact. And that's before this draft coming up where we have 10 picks. So we put ourselves in a whole different ballpark roster-wise, at least, than we were a couple years ago with value picks and value players. And when you look at what we might do now, after free agency smoke's kind of clearing here, um, they don't have to draft a corner like we thought they might have to do if they weren't able to sign anybody. They don't actually have to draft any position, maybe besides the defensive line like Mike mentioned, because they filled a bunch of holes here. Now, they're able to fill the hole of guard. They grabbed a corner. They grabbed two tight ends. I do think, Michael, and, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, I think that looking at the draft right now, I could see them grabbing a defensive player, a defensive end at four, and then maybe I might seem too high, but maybe grabbing a wide receiver at 10. Or if they feel Sauce is the man, he slips to 10, they could even do that. They have some versatility here. What do you think when it comes to the draft now, Mike? We're not going to do the draft show here, but the smoke's clearing here. And for, the smoke is clearing from free agency. We're kind of getting a bigger, better picture of what we might do in the draft. Do you see them focusing in here on defensive end and wide receiver? Or do you think it's going to be defensive end and maybe something else when they get to number 10? Okay. So, again, this isn't – we're not in uh, draft yet, but based on what I've seen – this is what I would do, okay? I don't think the Jets are going to do this, but this is what I would do. Nick, you you agree or disagree, guys? I'm at four. I'm taking a, a, a defensive end. I'm taking Thibodeau. I'm taking Hutchinson. Hopefully, we can grab one of them. I'm just going to assume we're going to grab one. At 10, I hope that Sauce is there because, to me, you grab Sauce, you grab Thibodeau, now I have those young anchors of my defense set, okay? Come into the second round, beginning top of the second round. This, again, people aren't, you agree, disagree. I'm taking Brees Hall running back from Iowa. His speed score is almost similar to Jonathan, uh, Will, uh, Jonathan Taylor, okay? This kid, I think he's the best running back in the whole draft. And this is why I say that. You guys will say, yeah, but running back, you know, that's not a premium. You know what, guys? We tried to get a superstar receiver, but it wasn't going to happen uh, in, in, in free agency, unfortunately. We looked into the draft, but there wasn't a superstar, a chase or a, you know, a, a top receiver in the draft either. So what, what you're going to do is you just got your line solidified or your run your your running uh off your offensive line from a run black perspective is elite is really good i don't want to say it's elite it's really good well you know what let's get a fucking elite running game how about that we can do that grab this kid out of iowa match him with michael carter and put him behind that line zach may not have amari cooper 
or 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 or, or a top receiver throw to, but he's got a damn beast mode running back core that he can have now. I'm talking value, okay? And then and the next pick, I would t- if he's there, I'll take Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Yeah, we loved him. He got hurt in the national game. Right. He may slip. He probably is not going to slip that far. But if I had it could. my way, that's what Michael Garris would do. Yeah, and if you been some really good receivers have snuck into the second round the past two or three years. We all the three of us know from our fantasy, um, our fantasy league we're in. But man, some good receivers have snuck in. Jamison Williams is someone I have written down. Also, Mike, that could be a round two guy. I think when it comes to that fourth pick. Thibodeau will probably be there, at least when you look at these mock drafts. And a lot of these mock drafts are put out before free agency. So every some of them have the Jets taking a tackle at four. They're not taking a tackle at number four. Some of them have the Jets taking a safety at four. They're not taking a safety at number four either. That's not happening. It's not happening, okay? Now, who knows what happens? Maybe they trade down from four if a team wants a quarterback. But I do know there's four defensive ends in this draft. We know Hutchinson. We know Thibodeau. Both those guys are top of the top of the top of the NFL draft guys. We also have uh, Trevon Walker here from Georgia, guys. 6'5", 275, monster. He is Georgia. beast mode. He and is he had Jermaine beast Johnson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jermaine Johnson at FSU used to play for Georgia. He had 12 sacks last year. He's a beast, too. So uh, I do think Thibodeau is going to be a New York Jet. I think we will have him, and we have we will have Carl Lawson, and we have Quinton Williams all on our line next year, and Jonathan Flanker Myers. I think that's tremendous. I think at ten you can't go wrong if you do what Mike said. You get the lockdown corner, and you have Reed at corner, right? And you have Thibodeau at four, um, right there. He's twenty two years old. You draft him at number four. Um, you have a little a good nucleus on the defense, and they're all young. And they're all cap-friendly for right now also because D.J. Reed's contract's even cap-friendly. But I think that's a great way to, to go about it. Mike, also at 10, if they go playmaker at 10, I'd be surprised. I'd love it if they did it. It'd be two years in a row they drafted a playmaker for Zach in the first two rounds. If they do go that direction, I know Drake London is the name you hear mentioned a lot. He's 6'5", 210, um, 210 pounds, led the nation in contested catches last year, which he's just like a Mike Evans clone, basically what he's out there doing. Um, Garrett Wilson's a great receiver. Mike mentioned Jameson Williams um, hurt himself in the national title game, so maybe he slides. Can I, I just say – can I say something yeah. real quick? I don't – and guys, don't kill me. It's just, you know, when we drafted Sam, I was like – uh, we already took USC quarterback, but you know what? It, it I shouldn't have the bias of the schools. You know, let's let's rock. And you know what? He fell flat on his damn face. I'm done with the the Ohio State wide receivers. I'm good. I, I don't want another one. We had Devin Smith. I, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Garrett Wilson. I get it, but I look at him and I'm just like, nah. I I, I know, I, and I'm sure people are going to be like, that doesn't make any sense. But after what happened with Sam and. I don't know. I don't want any any receivers yeah. from Ohio State. I'm good. I'll tell you what, man. Devin if they Smith was a player, me too. And if they do have to trade down, um, Burks from Arkansas is going to be ridiculous. Oh man, him. he's. I, I do mean, like Keith. He is. <laughs> I've. I don't know if you've seen the highlights. Two twenty five. Yeah. He's like a. What's the dude? Uh, what's the receiver from the Titans? The AJ Brown. AJ Brown. He's yeah. like he's like an AJ Brown type player, but a little bit faster. I mean, that kid could be a monster. If they don't, if they do go defense the first two picks and they wait to the second round and get a playmaker for Zach, that works out too. Um, it's all fine. We're going to get into the draft soon. That'll be coming up, guys. Um, when it comes to fridges that are still floating out in the world, Michael, and then we'll get out of here for Jets fans. We've got a whole bunch more to get to next week when it comes to fridge and wave two. When it comes to fridges that are still out there, Michael, I think I could see them bringing in a veteran receiver 
because of the depth, because it's a place that we don't have a lot of depth right now. Even if they draft a wide receiver, Mike, we don't have the most depth at wide receiver. I like Berrios. Do you like Berrios? A lot of people like Berrios. But his NFL track record, we don't know what he is over the course of 17 games if they used him as a wide receiver every single game. We don't know that. We have no idea. Um, you have Elijah Moore, who last year had 500-something yards. You have Corey Davis. So right now, we don't have necessarily the most proven receiving core. But as a free agent, Michael, you mentioned this before the show, uh, I don't know if Julio Davis makes Julio Jones makes sense, but um, Juju Smith-Schuster's still out there. Landry's out there. You have an A.J. Green who's a vet. You have a Deshaun Jackson. You have some guys that maybe aren't you know in the prime of their career anymore, but could definitely still help us for sure. I know D.J. Shark just got signed by the Lions. Mike, would you take a flyer on a guy like a Will Fuller, who's like a Robbie Anderson type player, or you think he's too, too injured too often to really give him a look? Yeah, Will Fuller, I don't know if he's really the guy that would uh, fit what scheme, the type of scheme that Robert Sala um, and uh, LaFleur like to run. I look at guys like potentially, remember Albert Wilson? Yeah. He's a guy who's really good, you know, running routes, um, understands that type of offense. There's another guy, Traquan Smith. Remember him? He, he, you know, he has some athletic ability. You could probably get him to a team-friendly deal. Um, But... To be honest with you, one guy who really intrigues me is uh, A.J. Green. And the reason why is he's not going to be expensive and he's older. And I like, you know, we're always like, we need young, young, young. Well, sometimes it's important to have those vets in there, you know, have those guys that have been there and know how to be a professional and teach the Elijah Moores of the world and even help maybe Corey Davis define some of his skill sets um if we don't end up getting a superstar in the draft or whatever i i would look into maybe bringing in a guy for one year like a aj green or something like that you know yeah and every year dude and i said this last week when we were speaking at dexter um every year it seems like our receiving core just gets injured and decimated right. so if, if we went into a game next year and say Corey davis is hurt and elijah moore is healthy but the second best option we had barring us drafting a guy is it Berrios? You're like, oh man. And we have our tight ends, but you get into the red zone, and you're like, damn, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great to have a, a, a AJ Green inside the 15 yard line? Or just a veteran you know can get the job done. There's a bunch of guys out there. Mike named a few. I don't know if any of the other guys are out there are realistic, but I'd love for them to just add one reliable wide receiver weapon through free agency if it makes sense monetarily. Some of the other guys that are out there that maybe make sense, Mike, for the squad, considering at linebacker, we basically have CJ Mosley. We have Quincy Williams next year, and then after that, it's just a giant, you know, vacuum of nothingness. We just traded Blake Cashman away. Another pat in the back for Joe Douglas. Trading away Blake Cashman, who's played 14 games in his entire career in three years, and he got a fifth round. No, he got a sixth-round pick for him. He basically got equal value for a player who barely has played. I don't know how Joe Douglas does this, um, but I know Bobby Wagner's still out there, Michael. Uh, Deontay Hightower, Vander Esch at linebacker. Those are some guys to keep an eye on. I don't know if they make sense for us. Look for Arden Key. He used to play San Francisco uh, linebacker. Uh, no Salah favorites, and they might slide him, and that makes sense. Yep. Salah likes him. I know I, I like it Hicks a lot from the Bears. I don't know if nose tackle is a spot they're looking at. I know they'd have to have someone in there with Quinnen um, to go alongside Quinnen, so maybe that's we just lost Fatu Kasi. That might make sense. I know a running back, there's not a lot of guys out there, and I think the draft might be what they do. I think Mike could be correct. Mike, is there any are these veteran running backs you want to kick the tires on, or is that somewhere you'd rather just go young? I mean, I'm down to to get one of some of these running backs. Melvin Gordon, I'd love to bring him in. That's what I'm like. 
I know some of our friends weren't like fans of the, like Melvin Gordon. This and Melvin Gordon is not really that old yet. Um, a guy like even even like the first wave of free agency went by, and to not my surprise or your surprise, Michael, no one signed Cordero Patterson. He's still a free agent right now. Still, or oh, and, and Rashad Penny. And, and Fournette got Fournette's a free agent as well now. So there's guys out there. I'm not saying I think Fournette is when he played with Tampa Bay is good. He's probably not. I don't think he's an elite running back. Um, but there are guys. I mean, there's plenty of free agents floating around in here. We can still add to help the squad out. I don't know if any of these running back makes sense. But Cordell Patterson is a guy at least that's a playmaker. You got to give him that. He does make plays. He does. He's able to do something yeah. with the ball in his hands. He's a funny gadget guy when it comes to fantasy. But who knows if that's a guy you add to the squad? Because the type of offense our boy is running here, he might be. He might be helpful. Who knows, guys? I know going into next week's show, between now and next week, I think the Jets will maybe sign some more depth guys. They signed a whole bunch of players already and brought back a bunch of guys. I think the grades around the league, Mike, for the Jets with their free agent signings have all been very high, very positive. Most of the pundits here in New York have been very stoked with the signings. We wanted Marcus Williams. It wasn't realistic. He went to the Ravens. Devontae Adams' money was completely bonkers, okay? So maybe like Dexter said last week, um, he didn't think they'd go out and break the bank on anyone. Tomlinson got the most money from us, but they were smart with the money. They got Tomlinson in here. They got Reed in here. They got the two tight ends in here. They didn't break the bank on any of them or give any of them a contract that's so long or has so much guaranteed money, the Jets backed themselves into a corner. Joe Douglas is very fiscally responsible, but he's also building the team the right way at the same time. So right. kudos to Joe Douglas, and I, I want to take my hats off to him. I give my boy an A-plus, Mike. I think he did a great job here with free agency. That's really all we got for you guys this week. If anyone does want to get at us, Michael, or support ABG in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube. Like, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at jet.aebg <laughs> <laughs> Elijah coming in right at the end <laughs> alright everybody on behalf of the number one jet fan in the state of Texas Michael Garris on behalf of the big singing Wookiee Nicholas Cronk and on behalf of me Keith Farrell happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you jet fans out there in the world we'll get back at you next week everybody peace out <laughs>